This is a Diet of Brussels. Uh, what does the UK want out of uh, Brexit? Uh, if you like, this is the key question that uh, uh, is going to be occupying us over the summer. One of the key questions. Um, because what the UK uh, expresses a preference for is going to be influential in shaping the offer that the EU makes um, and also in terms of providing a benchmark against which the success, let's assume I'm doing uh, air quotes there, the success of uh, Article 50 process and of Brexit more generally uh, can be judged by. That, you know, if uh, uh, the government say they want X and they get Y, then that gives us a kind of a uh, a reference point because we're in very unknown territory here nobody really uh, knows quite how this will pan out quite who's got what give uh, who's going to be accommodating of what so I think it is useful to have that however it's, it's precisely because uh, it will provide a benchmark that we've been uh, so in the dark about British preferences in particular, I think uh, we can observe that there is uh, a strong unwillingness to get too tied down to a position, uh, possibly uh, uh, in light of last year's experience with David Cameron's renegotiation, where various uh, statements were made about what uh, Dave was going to go and achieve in Brussels, uh, none of which uh, came close to uh, what actually came out of the new settlement uh, in uh, March of this year. So it's hostages to fortune territory that uh, making commitments or setting objectives now sets up a later condemnation uh, which nobody wants uh, regardless of one's political persuasion or preferences that uh, uh, if you've got the opportunity to uh, obfuscate then you probably take it in this kind of scenario. With all that in mind however I think it's clear that there are a number of uh, points that are emerging from uh, the first week of Theresa May's government. For me the first one is about maintaining uh, a close uh, trading relationship with uh, the EU. Now, uh, again, the, the terms of that aren't spelled out, but there is a desire to be a uh, uh, economic partner of the EU, uh, and that presumably means a desire to maintain as much market access as is possible. Now, balanced against that, it's also clear, and I think particularly from the remarks uh, made in Berlin during the visit to Angela Merkel, that uh, there is also a desire uh, to uh, introduce some way of uh, controlling immigration. Now here I think there's a, a very particular ambiguity that's going on. On the one hand, Theresa May has been very careful not to say that she will uh, cut immigration to uh, uh, low levels. Although she has, when pushed, uh, reaffirmed this tens of thousands uh, target uh, that David Cameron uh, took so much grief for uh, throughout his time as PM, albeit without the uh, uh, time frame that uh, Cameron had put on 
uh, that. So she says, you know, we want to work down towards tens of thousands uh, as uh, some kind of target. What she actually talks about much more, though, is about controlling immigration, which is a different thing. It's not about limiting, it's about controlling. So it's about saying we hold the uh, reins of power in this process of determining who is allowed to enter, who is allowed to stay. And uh, I think that suggests that she wants to try and uh, uh, balance the needs of uh, market access, the EU, which would seem to require some form of free movement, against uh, what she takes as the very clear signal that people are concerned about immigration. Those really, uh, for me, are, are the two key points. I think there's a third point which is uh, emergent, which is this uh, we're leaving the EU, not leaving Europe line that has come up uh, on several occasions. I think here, uh, again, that speaks to a broader set of uh, engagements, which aren't strictly speaking about uh, what the UK wants from Article 50, or even from the post-Brexit uh, uh, relationship, but rather from the broader engagement with the world, that the UK uh, risks... Uh, taking a, a heavy uh, contagion hit from Brexit uh, internationally that everyone says, oh, well, you're turning your back on the EU, uh, that means you're turning your back on the world and we won't uh, talk to you. And we've seen issues uh, in other international organisations such as the UN where the UK has already become uh, somewhat marginalised on specific issues. So a big push uh, last week with NATO, for example, uh, a mentioned this week from Michael Fallon, who stays on as Defence Secretary, talking about maintaining the uh, security uh, interactions and uh, defence interactions that are going on in the EU, uh, and doing that as a, a third country partner uh, in military operations, uh, for example, uh, in uh, the Horn of Africa uh, and elsewhere. So I think what you might expect is uh, this kind of offsetting of uh, a distancing uh, in the narrow sense of moving away from the EU, but an attempt to try and maintain as much as possible of uh, the broader set of interactions that uh, the UK has developed, both uh, in and around uh, EU membership. Now, uh, clearly the challenge that this poses is that if you end up saying, well, of course we want to stay in this and we want to stay in that, then people might start saying, well, if you want to stay in so much, uh, why are we leaving in the first place? However, let's leave that for some point later in the autumn when such uh, questions, I think, will become a bit clearer uh, as we go along. <laughs>